0: Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll move on this listener right now in your gentle, loving, powerful, and merciful way as they listen to this message from All Nations Church in Tallahassee. Amen. I want to kick off a series of messages this morning entitled Advancing the Kingdom of God. Every fall, I begin to pray about what does God want us to do in the coming year. And this year, God said, you're going to advance the kingdom through All Nations Church. That can look at a variety of ways and a variety of different means. One of the things we're going to do, and most of you are aware, is we're starting an outreach to Quincy. Someone said to me, we're starting a church. No, we're doing an outreach. I don't know that we're starting a church. Because if we can't reach unreached people, we're not spending time, effort, energy, and money doing it. I love the way you're shouting now. Let me be very clear. If we can't reach unreached people in Quincy and in that area, we will not spend time, effort, and energy doing it. The entire purpose is to attempt to put together a group of people who come to know Jesus Christ through these outreaches and then see where God takes us. Don't put the cart before the horse. You know what I'm saying? We take it one step at a time, we follow God. Eight years ago, almost to the day, I stood on this platform the first time and told you, we're going to do one thing as long as I'm your pastor, and that's follow God. Later that week, somebody who was an established, prominent member of the church came in, no longer here, by the way, came in and said, Well, what's your five year plan? It's to follow God. What's your 10 year plan? It's to follow God. What's your 15 year plan? It's to follow God. Well, that's no plan at all. It's all I got. It's all I got. We haven't deviated from that. I'm not smart enough or wise enough to know what God wants the next minute. But the Holy Spirit is. And if I will focus on following him, he will lead us into areas where we can reap the harvest for the kingdom of God. So let me say it again. If we aren't reaching unreached people in Quincy for the gospel of Jesus Christ, we will not continue that effort. But if, and I believe we will do, then we're going to follow God and see what he has for us there. So let me say it again, don't put the cart before the horse, all right? So two things along that line, Uh, on the 22nd and the 29th of this month, Saturdays. We'll be doing outreaches to Quincy. We're going to be passing out invitations for the night of worship on January the 30th. We need you to be involved. There will be more information about that next week. So plan to come and be involved. This series of messages has four basic messages in it. Number one, today we're going to talk about if we're going to advance the kingdom of God, we've got to make room for Holy Spirit. Number two, if we're going to advance the kingdom of God, we have got to be passionate in our relationship with Jesus Christ. Casual carnal Christianity has to die. And we've got to be passionate in our relationship with Jesus Christ. What does that mean? Well, it means you're not ashamed to be called a follower of Jesus. It means that when someone in your circle of influence has a need, you're able to say to them, I don't have the answer. But can I tell you about the one who does? I love what Corey just shared about relational evangelism. Do you understand the only way you're ever going to turn somebody's heart toward Christ is through a relationship with them? You have got to be able to get them to trust you, to know you, to see you, to see their family, because that's what they want in the families on the reservation. He didn't say this, but I'm going to brag on him for just a minute. Because they have focused on relationship with Native Americans, not long ago, Corey was actually given an Indian name. If you're not familiar with the culture, that doesn't happen to white men. It just does not occur. So I applaud you, brother. It tells me you've developed a relationship. You've invested in them, and God is using you. The third thing we're going to talk about is we have to love people at all times if we're going to advance the kingdom of God doesn't matter what they look like, smell like, talk like, act like. We have to love people at all times. And then lastly, and you're going to love this one. Actually, I think the first and the last ones are the difficult ones, for you and I anyway, making room for the Holy Spirit. And then the last one I'm going to talk to you about, if we advance the kingdom of God, it requires hard work. See, there's too many folks in the kingdom that think, well, I'll just pray and God's going to do it. Can I tell you something? If that were the case, it would already be done. But God has saved you. He's called you. He's filled with the Holy Spirit. And he's impassioned you to advance the kingdom of God. You are his legs. You are his hands. You are his voice. And until you learn, it's not going to happen just by sitting on a seat on Sunday morning. We've got to engage. We've got to plug in. And we've got to work hard. And when we do those things, wonderful things occur. So we're going to talk about advancing the kingdom of God. This morning, let me talk to you about making room for Holy Spirit. Zechariah chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. The scripture says, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Who are you, O great mountain? Who are you, O great mountain? what mountain is standing in front of you today? What insurmountable obstacle is in your path this morning? Before Zerubbabel you shall become a plain. He shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace, grace to it. Oh, folks, it's time to recognize the only way to advance the kingdom of God is by first making room for Holy Spirit in our lives. Because it is not by might. Speaking of the knowledge, the intellect, the wisdom of man, it's not by might. Nor is it by power, speaking about all the forces on the earth, whether it's political influence or riches or wealth. It's not by power. It's by the Spirit of the Lord, says the Lord of hosts, that we advance the kingdom of God. When the Lord said to me several months ago, you've got to make room for Holy Spirit, I began thinking about reading, praying, what exactly does it mean to make room for Holy Spirit? How does that play out in our lives? Well, I think that first and foremost, it means we take a step back. We evaluate our relationship with the Lord. We take a hard look at ourselves and we say, Lord, if there's something in me that you want to change, change me. If I'm doing something that's not in line or in sync with you, help me to stop it. If you want me to go another direction... Give me the courage to follow your voice. See, making room for Holy Spirit often means that we have to eliminate things from our lives. So, this morning, this message isn't going to be one that's going to make you feel warm and fuzzy, but rather, the Holy Spirit's doing a deep work of introspection. He's looking deep in our lives and He's saying, What is it that you will allow me to eliminate? you'll offer to me to remove from your heart and from your life too often we walk through life we have experiences and those experiences whether they're positive or negative cause us to build walls within us too often we remember those negative experiences and we say but i was hurt so badly how can i ever get over it and we build a room an altar, a shrine around that experience And then anytime there's another negative experience in our life, we look back and say, yeah, I knew it because it happened. Then it's happening now. Can I tell you, that's an area you need to eliminate. You need to tear down the walls. You need to destroy the shrine. You need to stop living back there in what happened and start living here in what God can do. It's time for the people of God to stop throwing pity parties and walk into a place where the Holy Spirit of the living God can move afresh and anew within us, where it can cleanse us, cause us to forgive, cause us to remember without the pain and move forward in Him. Sometimes the experiences are positive. Oh, but do you know I had such a great success? It was a huge win for everybody involved. Do you know how much money we raised? Do you know what big church we built? Do you know what a raise I got? Do you know how I was able to do this, that, or the other? And we build a shrine around that success. And we're always talking about what happened back then. How we saw great things back then. I probably rode this horse until it's almost dead, and you're tired of it, but I'm here to say it again. What happened in 1987 is not relevant what God is doing today. I thank God for the past. I thank God for the victories. I thank God for the champions that He put in our life. I thank God for the miracles and the healings, but I'm not living back there. I'm living here. Holy Spirit is like a river and a wind. He moves where He desires, He wills, He pleases, and if you're stuck... Remembering a success and building your life on that success, you're missing what he's doing today. Got to make room for the Holy Spirit. It means eliminating some things in your life. It means being willing to tear down some walls, destroy some shrines. Let God do something fresh in you. You see, if we're going to make room for the Holy Spirit, we need to say, Lord, this is what I'm planning. But if you're planning something different, by all means, change my plan. That's why I'm so adamant about what's happening and going to happen in Quincy. We have got to understand it's about following God. It's not my plan. It's not your plan. It's his plan. And anything less is not acceptable. God, do what you want to do in my life. Lord, I'm going to make room for you right now. I'm willing to change so that you can be magnified and amplified and glorified in my life. And I just heard the groan. He said the word. The word we all hate. The word we all avoid. Change. None of us like change. None of us want anything to do with change. But may I tell you, until we change priorities and motivations, until we change our goals, our dreams, our ideals, to align with God, we will never be the people God has ordained us to be. Talk about change. Maybe you know some people who need to change. We all do, don't we? Isn't it amazing? It's always someone else who needs to change, never me. Am I the only one that thinks that way? Yeah, now come on, quit lying. You know that's you too. Man, if they would only change this, that, or something else, their life would be so much better. It has nothing to do with me changing anything in my life. It's always them. If you're married, you've probably tried to change your husband or wife, haven't you? How'd that work out for you? Ask my wife, how'd that work out for you? You know, once an okie, always an okie. There's some things that are just stuck there. Corey didn't tell you he's actually an okie, even though he lived in South Carolina. Came up last night, and I said, once an Oki, okay, always an Oki." Okay. Some things never change. What is it in us that needs to change? We see people, we see change that needs to occur. We can identify it, we can even speak to it, but sometimes we don't have the power to bring it about. How does that happen? It happens by the work, the power, the wisdom of the Spirit of God. When God begins working in us, other people see the change. And that change in us makes them desire to see it in themselves. Why do you think the native lady said to Corey, so you can teach them to be a family like yours? Because they saw something different. They saw something they wanted they saw something that was missing from their life. If you and I will dare to have the courage to make room for Holy Spirit to do something in us, may I tell you, it becomes something others desire. How did that happen? How did that occur? What's going on in you, we say? When I began thinking about making room for Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit brought my mind back to 2 Kings chapter 4. Many of you know the story. It's the story of the Shunammite woman building a room for the prophet Elisha to stay at her house. She recognized him as a man of God. She recognized he walked in a double anointing from his predecessor, Elijah. She recognized the hand of God and the Spirit of God was upon him, and great things could happen in her life because she honored the presence of God in his life. The story says that Elisha went by there regularly. He'd go in and eat with them have dinner with them. And then one day she said to her husband, when the man of God comes by, wouldn't it be good if we built him a room on the wall, gave him a bed and a table and a lamp and a washstand so he could come in and rest and sleep here. So her husband did exactly that. He built him a room for him to stay. in. you'll find that in verse 10 of 2 Kings chapter 4. What she was saying is let's facilitate the presence of God that's in His life into our lives. Let's make room for what's happening in Him to happen in us. Folks, hear me. If you understand the Holy Spirit of the living God is God, why wouldn't you make room for Him? Why wouldn't you eliminate things from your lives for Him to come in? Why wouldn't you desire for Him to do something in you? You know one thing I've learned through the years? I already said it once, I'll say it again. My wisdom is very limited. My knowledge is very limited. My experience is very limited. But I have learned Holy Spirit is an absolute genius. And if I will simply listen to Him and do what He's doing, I look pretty smart myself. You need to figure that out. If you listen to Him... You're going to raise your IQ by about a 100 points. He's a genius. He never makes mistakes. He never does anything wrong. But if you don't listen to him, you're going to be wearing the dunce camp all the time. It's going to work out for you. Holy Spirit will enable you To show the grace, the glory, the power, the wisdom of God through your life to those around you. And they'll sit back saying, wow, that dude is pretty sharp. No, he's not. He's just following the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit makes him look pretty sharp. But if you ignore him, the exact opposite is going to occur. Second thing I've noticed about Holy Spirit is that he never intrudes. He's always waiting an invitation. Even though he knows he has exactly what you need to better improve your life, to give you hope for all of eternity, to change your outlook and your perspective, he has all of that. He will never force his way in. He's waiting on you to say, come and help me. Come and help me. He's waiting on you to make room for him. He's waiting on you to lay down everything that you have thought important and make room for Him to do something in your life. You have to desire Him. You have to yield to Him. And you have to make room for Him. And until you do those things, you're not going to see a mighty work of God in and through your life. So this widow or this woman, the Shunammite woman had a roommate for Elijah, and Elijah would often, or Elisha, pardon would often turn in and stay there. And then in verses 13 and 14 of 2 Kings chapter 8, you hear this statement. He said, because you did something for us, and I'm paraphrasing, it's on the screen if you want the actual text. Because you did something for us, speaking of he and his servant, what can we do for you? I want you to catch the principle, don't let this pass you by. When you say, I'm making room for the Holy Spirit. When you say, I'm eliminating things. I'm pushing them out of my life. I'm focusing on Him. I'm hearing His voice. I'm going to follow Him. When you make room for the Holy Spirit, you know what happens? He steps up and says, what can I do for you? What can I do for you? What do you need? Isn't it time you made room for the Holy Spirit so that loved one can come to Jesus? Isn't it time you made room for the Holy Spirit so that your life can go to a new level in the Lord and you can see Him use you as He's never used you before? Corey and Jana had to make a decision a few years ago. Do we stay where we're comfortable in South Carolina or do we make room for the Holy Spirit to take us to a new place, to involve us in a new ministry, to put us out of our comfort zone so He can do something for us? You know, we spent a couple hours with them last night. I didn't hear one single complaint. 37 below zero, I'd be complaining. I'd be complaining. Living in the front of a horse trailer, he didn't tell you that. I might be complaining. Working with the people who didn't respect me, like me, or want me, I might be complaining. But you see, when we make room for him, he does things for us. Their heart is to reach the Native Americans. And did you hear what's already happening? Do you understand that only comes because you build trust? God said, I'm going to give you favor. That's what I'm doing for you. And that favor is going to open the door of hearts and lives will be changed. I'm telling you, there's folks in this room this morning, men in this room today, you need to start saving your pennies because you need to be in Montana this summer. Because when you go... God's going to do something for you. For you. You say, I can't pick up a chainsaw. I can't use an axe. You can probably drive a nail. You can probably deliver firewood. There's probably a lot of things you can do. So quit minimizing what God wants to do through you. Say, I'm too old. I'm too weak. I'm too infirm. I've had five joint surgeries in the last two years. You know where I'm going to be next summer? I'm going to be in Montana. I just might ride that motorcycle out there for fun. I'm going to be there. Yeah, I know there's some things I can no longer do, but that's not going to stop me from doing what God's asked us to do. We're going to go. And then we'll see what Holy Spirit will do for us. Elijah said, because you've taken such good care of me, I want to do something for you. Holy Spirit says, because you make room for me, I'm going to show you. The works of God. I'm going to show you the favor of God. I'm going to show you the grace of God. I'm going to let you go places, speak to people you never thought possible in your lifetime because you made room for me. In other words, when we make room for the Holy Spirit, he does impossible things. Or let me rephrase that, things we thought were impossible for you and me, when we choose to make room for him. So he sent a servant Gehazi, I said, ask her what she needs, what can we do for her? Brought her to him, she said, I don't need anything. You want me to speak to the king? No, I don't need anything. Then Gehazi said, she doesn't have a son, and her husband is old. You can read it in verse 16. So Elisha said to her, one year from today, you're going to have a son. What she thought was absolutely impossible, he's saying, because you made room for me, it's going to occur in your life. Oh, somebody in this room, somebody online, someone listening next week or next month or next year needs to hear it. If you'll make room for him, he does the impossible through you. He does things that everybody said would never happen, would never occur, could never come to pass when you make room for him. Every time, it's in your outline, but every time you make room for Holy Spirit, you become pregnant with something from heaven that you yourself could never birth. Never make happen. He does something for you that's impossible by your estimation. Read the story. Sure enough, a year later, this woman had a son. Amazing. The exact word of God came True. In her life, she had a son. But do you understand, even when we're living in the blessing of God, even when we made room for the Holy Spirit, even when impossible things occur, we still have an enemy. There's still old sleuth with horns on the head, the devil, Satan, that's coming after us. Her son got sick. The Bible says he was out in the field with his dad. He said, my head, my head, he probably had a heat stroke. They took him back to his mother. He sat on her knees for a period of hours, and then the Bible says he died. Verse 20. Listen, you should never be surprised when the enemy attacks you because you have made room for Holy Spirit. Don't think because you made a decision to make room for him that it's all hunky-dory, it's all wine and roses from this day forward. No, you've got an enemy. He's coming at you. He will try to distract you and destroy you and destroy the very thing God has given to you. But I've got news to you. Keep your eyes on him. Make room for him. See what he's going to do because the story isn't over because you've been attacked the story doesn't end with problems or trials or circumstances. The boy died. The woman knew that if the man that she had made room for had given her the child by the miracle of God, then the miracle of resurrection could also occur. She had the faith to believe and she had to She had the understanding to know that where I got my miracle from, I can get another one. I can go back to the same place and God will do something for me again. Read it in verses 32 through 35. She sent for Elisha. She went for him actually. And when he found out that the child was dead, he sent a servant with his staff, said, Laid on the boy. The servant came back and said, He's still dead. Nothing happened. He got there finally, and the Bible said he went into the room, he shut the door. He prayed, and then he laid down on the child. His eyes to his eyes, his mouth to his mouth, his hands to his hands, and the child began to warm. But he didn't come back to life. So it says he got up and he walked around the room. He prayed again. Somebody needs to hear me. Too many of you have been convinced that if God doesn't do it this way or immediately, he's not going to do it. No, sometimes he's asking you to go back again and again and again until life returns. So he went back and he laid on that child again, eye to eye, mouth to mouth, hands to hand. And all of a sudden it says that the child sneezed seven times. And it was a lie. That's an amazing miracle that occurred. Why? Because the woman understood God gave me that child when I made room for the man of God. And God didn't give me that child as a gift from him to take him away. Can I tell you, God didn't kill your friend. God didn't kill your loved one. That was the enemy. You need to understand that. God's the God of life. So when we read that passage of scripture, it helps us to recognize that when we make room for the Holy Spirit, he becomes a restorer in our lives. He becomes a restorer in our lives. Joel 2.25 says, and I will restore to you the ears that the locust had eaten, the cankerworm, the caterpillar, the palmer worm. I will restore, he said. When you think about that, the locusts, what did they destroy? They destroyed the fruit of that year. They didn't destroy the year. The canker worm, the caterpillar, the palmer worm, those all refer to the years that we kind of frittered things away, did things our way, refused to submit to God. And he's saying, I will restore. He'll restore the years that you lost, the fruit that you lost. He'll restore those years that you wasted. So many times people come at midlife and they come to accept Christ and they're so mournful over the fact they didn't serve him for all those other years. And they should be. But I've got news for you. He's a restorer. And he'll make your end greater than your beginning. He can make your life more productive in the last 40 years than it was in the previous 40 years because he's a restorer. Open your heart. Make room for him. Let him do something mighty and amazing in and through you. He'll restore you. He'll restore what the devil has stolen. He restores opportunities. I believe when we make room for Holy Spirit, that he's going to be whispering in our ear this time next year. Can you hear it? This time next year something's going to be birthed in you that you could never birth in yourself when you make room for Holy Spirit. Tom, come back, please. It's time for you and I to recognize and acknowledge we don't have the plan, but he does. We don't have the answers, but he does. And when we choose to submit to him, we can say, I heard his voice. He said, this time next year. Folks, we're advancing the kingdom of God this year through All Nations Church. And I believe that next year, January the 9th, we're going to look back and say, look what the Lord has done. There will be guys who will be able to say, that trip to Montana turned me inside out. Our youth are planning a trip to New York City to work with Bill Wilson this summer in July. They're going to begin saying, wow, wow. Look what God has done in me. Folks, I'm here to tell you, you may never leave Tallahassee, but God is saying to you today, this time next year, I'm going to do something in you. Something you can never birth. You can never bring about. You can never cause to happen or occur. So what's our responsibility in that? Making room for the Holy Spirit. That's why Paul said in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 17 and 18, Be not unwise, but understand what the will of God is. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with Holy Spirit. That's His will. That you and I be filled with the Holy Spirit, that we continually and constantly make room for Holy Spirit. Our assignment is to be filled with Him. And when we are, then regardless of circumstance... Regardless of the obstacle, regardless of the objection, we can stand and say, it is not by might, it is not by power, but it is by my Spirit, saith the Lord of hosts, this shall be done. In 2022, we're going to yield to Holy Spirit. We're going to follow Holy Spirit. We're going to make room for Holy Spirit. Matter of fact, some of you in this room today, I've got good news for you. He's about to change his address. And he's going to start living in your hearts. Living in your life. Stand your feet with me today across this room. In just a moment, Tom's going to sing a song. But before he does, I've got to ask. Are you here in this room this morning, you've never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. This whole thing about making room for the Holy Spirit is foreign to you. You don't even understand it. But there's been something in your chest, a pounding, a knocking in your heart that you can't escape. That's Holy Spirit. They say, if you let me in, I'm going to change my address. I'm going to live in you. I'm going to forgive your sins. I'm going to change your life. I'm going to make you a whole new person. That's you. That's what you need this morning. You need to be forgiven. You need to be changed. You need to be a whole new person right where you stand Raise that hand and say, that's me, preacher. Pray for me. Yes, ma'am. Anyone else? Yes, ma'am. Anyone else? Slip up that hand and say, that's me. Pray for me. Yes, ma'am. I see you up there in the rise. There's anyone else. Yes, sir. Anyone else? Yes, sir. Anyone else? I'll wait just another minute. Slip up that hand and say, that's me, preacher. Yes, sir. I see you there in the back. Anyone else? So wait another moment. Yes, ma'am. Anyone else? Every one of you who raised your hands right now, you're going to take a step of faith You're going to make a public declaration that you're moving into Jesus Christ. You're going to ask him to forgive you, ask him to change you. So if you raise your hand, come on right now, man up, be a woman, step out from where you're at and meet me right down here. Meet me right down here. Come on, don't wait for anybody else. You said, I need change. I need forgiven. Then come, come. It's going to happen this morning as you allow him to do something great in your life. Come on. From every section there were hands come on and let's allow him to do something in us elders and deacons i need you to come right now missiel would you come right now i'm going to pray with these elders and deacons please come right now L. would you come as well we're going to pray with these and then L. is going to take you and you're going to pray together in the back room and you're going to know before you leave this place that jesus christ has done a work in you today Come on, gather behind them, lay your hands on them, begin asking what their need is, praying for them, leading them to Christ. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for each one who have the courage, the recognition, the knowledge to respond to the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. I pray now that you'd begin to move in their lives. Make them aware that as we confess our sins to you, Jesus, you forgive us and you cleanse us move deep within their hearts, bring change into their lives, transform them radically by the power of the living God. Do a work so deep that it can never be erased, never annihilated, never removed from their mind and memory. They will remember this day, the day I gave my life to Jesus Christ for the remainder of their lives. Make that change so deep, so radical, so complete. They're going to tell everybody about it. And those who know them, are going to notice and say, wow, look at the change in them. Miss is right over here. I want you to turn and those that are with them, just turn with them. And follow Michelle out to the green room. They're going to pray with you individually. They're going to give you instruction, some more information. Just turn and begin following Miss right now over to the green room. Let them pray with you individually and collectively. Just follow him right out that way. Very good. Thank you. Thank you. Now, to you, church, you're here today, and you say, I built walls in my heart. I built places in my heart that I've never let God penetrate. This invitation is for you. Come on, come right now. This is your opportunity to say, today I'm making room for Holy Spirit. I'm tearing down every wall. I'm giving Him my all. I'm holding nothing back. Come on, that's you. Step out and come right now. We're going to believe God to do a great thing in your life today as well. Come and join these who've already responded. Sing it out, Tom. You made it to the end of the message, and now what? Is God leading you to make a change? Are you needing a good church home where you can grow and help others grow as you fulfill your part in the body of Christ? Then we invite you to join us at All Nations Church on Sharer Road in Tallahassee, a multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. Our Sunday morning service is at 10.30 and Wednesday night service at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more.